are back for another episode of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck. Today, it's 12 Questions version of the podcast, and I am joined by David Reagan of Front Row Motorsports. Now, David is always very accommodating with the 12 questions over the years, and he is sneaky funny, very entertaining, witty, and uh, always has some interesting answers. I, I, I find over the years that um, he typically has one of the best 12 questions of the season because he drops some nuggets in there. And I'm like, wow, I wouldn't have thought that. And uh, this interview actually, I think, is no different. So I'm excited for you to hear it and see what you think of it. Take a listen. All right, everybody, I'm here with David Reagan. And David, uh, the first question is, how much of your success is based on your natural ability and how much has come from working at it? I think it's probably 60-40, 60% natural ability and, and 40% working at it. I, I think some people, you know, you have to have good eyesight, good re- reflection. Uh, you, you can't get car sick, you know, stuff like that. So you do have to have some natural ability to be able to, you know, drive a race car and be enclosed in a confined area for long periods of time and, and have a feel for, you know, turning and brake and, and a, a tight and, and loose feel. But I, I think you can work at it. The technology that we have at our fingertips today that uh, that, that shows driver traces and, and dart fish videos and metrics on pit road, metrics on the racetrack, you can definitely uh, be smarter and have a better racing IQ. So, yeah, probably 60-40. I never thought about like the the car sick part of it, but yeah, I guess if you're going around in circles for a long time, it's probably 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 not something for you if you're uh, if you can't handle that. Yeah, some people get car sick in the uh, in the simulator. I, I know that uh, you know there's some drivers that are better than others with you know being tossed around and moved around, and again, your perception's a little different looking at a video screen, and you've got different things going on. I knew that um, Mark Martin really got. Uh, a little sick at uh, on the sim when he tried it one time, and then uh, I think he even had to take Dramamine uh, going to different types of road courses that had high elevation changes or different things. So yeah, you, you got to be able to to sit in there and withstand all the the moving and, and bouncing around. So Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, and now Dale Jr. have all either retired or are retiring. Um, what's your pitch for fans of theirs to become fans of yours? I um. I'm just a, a a normal dude that gets to drive race cars. So so be a be a fan of David Reagan. I mean, I, I think I think NASCAR fans are generally fans of more than just one driver. They like a a few drivers and maybe dislike a few drivers. So I'm not a jerk. So you don't have to dislike me. But uh, yeah, I'm just a normal guy. So you can you can pull for David Reagan. I'll be here a few more years. I'm not getting ready to. Rec- retire the next six months so uh i I guess uh i guess you can pull for me for a little while that's good so it's like i'm normal and i'm not a jerk like what else you know (laughs) that's it what else do you need do you need that's right um what's the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack i think being away from the from family is is probably the hardest part i mean i guess away from the racetrack it's a commitment to you know sponsors and traveling during the week for testing and other obligations that 
NASCAR has requested your time or your sponsors or your manufacturer. I think just showing up a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, sometimes that's the, the best part, just getting in the race car, going through the motions. But it's that test on a Tuesday and Wednesday, and it gets rained out, and you have to stay to Thursday and go straight to the racetrack, and you're only home for one day, or you've got a uh, you know an appearance out of town. You've got a fly commercial, and you know it's uh, it's tough getting there. It's tough getting back, and, and just being gone from home is probably the toughest part. Let's say a fan spots you eating dinner, you're out in a nice restaurant. Um, should they approach you for an autograph or no? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, uh, again, I'm just kind of a normal person, and I appreciate them asking for my autograph because one day no one's going to care. And so I think that while someone does uh, does care today to get an autograph for David Reagan or a picture, I think that's pretty cool. And, yeah, sometimes it is a little uh, drowning to be swarmed in a uh, you know a, a, an area that uh, you're getting a lot of uh, – um, uh, request or uh, I, I don't take my motor home to every racetrack and so when I'm staying at the hotel and you're trying to eat breakfast and get to the racetrack and, and this one fan sees you and takes a picture and then the whole downstairs lobby eating continental breakfast uh, they're all trying to take your picture and talk to you and all you want to do is get out so you can get to the racetrack and beat the traffic that does get uh, annoying at times but I'm grateful that that they you know want that picture and uh, like I said when I'm uh, a little older and, and not racing full-time, no one's probably going to care. So I'll, I'll sign all the autographs you ask right now. So you're like in the hotel breakfast area. Everybody's just getting their orange juice and their bagel or whatever, and somebody's like, David Reagan. And everybody's like, oh, oh, wow, and they're all race fans, so they like come over to you. Yeah, that, and that does happen sometimes. Like I said, I, I don't take my motorhome every single week, and, and when I, I, uh, I do, I'm just downstairs you know, trying to get my raisin bran and, and my bagel in the mornings, and uh, it's usually that one person that, that, that's got a keen eye. He spots you, and then the other 20 people that aren't paying attention, they're like, well, I want my picture, and I want an autograph, and let's call the kids up in the room that hadn't got downstairs yet you know can you wait on them so that's happened but you just kind of roll with it that's nice of you um what's a story in nascar that doesn't get enough coverage have the lug nuts got enough coverage uh missing lug nuts uh that was a joke um i think that that the behind the scenes uh industry part doesn't get enough coverage uh and what i mean by that is is like the guys back at the shop building the race cars the the sales department you know traveling to uh a a, a random company to try to make a sales pitch and, and you know hey spend money in, in motorsports or the licensing department trying to to create new uh new new products for the souvenir haulers and all the stuff that goes into making nascar what it is i, I think that that we could do some behind the scenes you know tv shows and some documentaries it would be really interesting um my wife's not a big uh stick and balls fan but she loves hard knocks you know the nfl stuff and, and she really enjoys watching some of the behind the scenes stuff on draft day and she could care less but it's real interesting to hear about the you know the young kid out of college that's getting ready for his life to change depending on where he's drafted at and so i think in our sport um you know we all get to see coverage of cars going around in circle and the interviews at the racetrack but you know all that stuff that uh you know our, our engineering department's working at the wind tunnel and i think it would be cool to have some behind the scenes shows during the off season and during the year you know with the truck drivers trying to get back and you know get the the truck switched out and you know the meetings where you're having to decide whether you know hey should we go and test here or do we not need to spend 
spend the money to to do this or do that so yeah, it's a it's an interesting sport we have and uh, i think that would be really neat to tell that story yeah that's good that's a good idea um who's the last driver you texted um i i texted michael mcdowell uh, yesterday um I brought my shotgun to New Hampshire, and I was going to see if he wanted to go to a, a clay and skeet shooting uh, course not too far down the road and uh, to go shoot some. But we found out they were closed on Saturday, so I, I don't know if we're going to be able to go now. Who's a better shooter, you or McDowell? Mm, that's a good one. Um, he he shoots probably a little more than I do. Uh, he, he's an avid hunter and outdoorsman, and we both enjoy uh, you know doing doing stuff like that. So um, I have knocked him out of a little competition before, but he he's probably a little more accurate and uh, and and a little more consistent than I am. Okay. Do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers? Absolutely. Yeah, I think race car drivers whether you want to be or not you are an entertainer and i think that that's one thing that that i don't really enjoy about my job as being an entertainer i, I don't feel like i'm really a a an entertainer kind of person like i'm not too big on building my brand and doing all this thrills and spills stuff i just want to be david reagan and go race and go home and spend time with my family and i think some drivers uh are like that and that's okay uh and then some drivers are more active on social media they're more um they're more out there and 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 that that's cool too i think the sport needs both sides of that but but i'm i'm not a really uh like i want to show my my life to everyone and just uh just be a, an entertainer and, and so i think of uh, like you know matt benedetto like he's he does a good job on stuff like that but you know david reagan is is kind of the opposite i mean i still watch black and white tv shows and i i, I despise some of the social media stuff so i don't uh i don't like being an entertainer but that is part of the job description Interesting. what is your middle finger policy on the racetrack so my middle finger policy is I usually don't uh, don't give the middle finger out too much. Um, I probably only have one or two times in my career. I think that uh, that's kind of equivalent of if you're talking to someone face to face and you just don't agree, you just like shove them or push them. And you know I, I think that uh, that that's you can have disagreements on the racetrack, but but you don't have to flip someone off. Now if someone flips me off. I'll try to wreck you if I can. Like that's like the slap in the face of of talking. So if someone you know confronts me like pushes me uh then then like it's probably gonna you're probably gonna fight and i think on the racetrack if if i get a middle finger i'll try to wreck you if i can catch you in the next few laps and then i usually calm down and forget about it but uh usually the person that gives you the middle finger they're driving away from you you're not able to catch them but uh yeah the middle finger i do not like that it makes me extremely mad behind the wheel of the car well i know not to do that to you uh, some drivers keep a payback list for negative reasons, uh, but what about positive reasons? Do you ever keep a payback list if somebody cuts you a break on the track, does you a favor, lets you in, something like that? Yeah, I think drivers have a pretty good uh, mental uh, 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 mental idea of who's uh, friendlier to race with or, or maybe who's a little bit harder to race with. And, yeah, some of the guys that, uh, that you, you do – 
cut slack to, and, and they return the favor. That is nice to, to see that. And so, yeah, there's there's a majority of the guys that uh, that we all race each other really good, and then there's some guys that you're trying to pass, and they make it really, really hard on you. And absolutely, when they're trying to, to pass me, or when I'm a you know a lap car and they're and they're they're catching me, I uh, I don't just move out of their way. So, uh, I, I absolutely, I think that um, you remember both sides of that. Who is the most famous person you've had dinner with? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I've had dinner with Richard Petty before, and he's pretty famous. Uh, you know, again, I'm not real big on, like, the uh, the glitz and glamour and, like, being friends with all the, the pace car drivers and movie stars that show up. I, I can't even name half of them. That, I can't name three-quarters of them that uh, are dignitaries, so I wouldn't even know if they were famous or not. But, you know, probably... Um, I don't know. I've had uh, I've had dinner a few times with the governor of Georgia. Uh, I, I would say that he's he's pretty famous. The new uh, he's the ex governor. Uh, Sonny Perdue is now the uh, secretary of agriculture for uh, for the Trump administration. I, I know him pretty well. So um, maybe a, a political figure down in, in the state of Georgia. That's pretty good. Uh, what's something about yourself you'd like to improve? Hmm. Well. I would, uh, I'm pretty tardy sometimes on, on like seeing a text message and not responding and then it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And I was talking to my wife about that not long ago. Her and I are both kind of bad about that. And you get busy with life or the kids are there and every time you pull out your phone and our two little girls are there, like they want it, they want to, you know, get it and and play with it. So uh, I think just being a little bit more uh, uh, responsive when, when I get an email or text message. Like if I read it, respond in. But don't read it until you can respond uh, because, you know, that's probably not nice if someone says sees that you can read it, you know, through iMessage or something, and then you respond to them the next day. So try, try to be a little more uh, uh, up-to-date on that. So do you have your read receipts on where people can tell? Or you, you could turn those off. That's I don't know. I, I don't I don't know, Sherry. You you text me some and. Okay, we we found out that Landon has his read receipts on and David does not. So maybe that was like by default because I don't think I've changed that on my phone. So yeah, so that's just one of the things. Just being a little more. Um, oh, there's always other stuff that I could do a better job on, but uh, you know, working out, getting up when my alarm goes off. Uh, you know, the normal stuff that uh, that we all could probably do a better job on. If I see a piece of cookie or ice cream in the freezer not eating it uh just uh just to be a little better on that so the last interview i did was with matt kenseth and he had gotten a question from denny hamlin and instead of thinking of his own question he just decided to pass the same question straight on to you so the question i guess from denny via matt is uh who is the most favorite teammate you've ever had and then who is the worst teammate that you've worked with? See, that's not fair. Matt's got his seniority, and he can do stuff like that. You know, uh, Matt just didn't want to answer the question. Um, you know, I've had some really good teammates over the years. I've always been kind of the younger guy on, on the team, and, and it's uh, I feel like all the teammates I've had have always been really good to me. They, they've been 
uh, nice to me around the racetrack. They've they've included me in some um, uh, you know uh, off the track uh, opportunities. They've uh, they've let me fly on their planes with them quite a bit. So I felt like I've had pretty good teammates. But uh, Carl Edwards would probably be one of the best teammates I ever worked with. You know he was uh, very down to earth. He he would uh, answer any question that you ask. He would offer uh, you know his opinion on on how to, to improve things and um, would uh, would help out. You know, let, let me fly with them and, and do things like that. So that was always uh, yeah, really nice. Carl was a good teammate. Um, and now the, 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 the tough question, the, the worst teammate, I don't know. I, I really haven't disliked I mean, all, uh, any teammate that I've had. I think any teammate that I've had over the years, even when I was subbing for Kyle and, and you know, I got to work with Denny and, and which Matt and Carl again, um, yeah, they were they welcomed me in pretty good and, and uh, was, uh, was very cool being that I was just going to be there for a short amount of time. So I really haven't had that one jerk for a teammate. Um, if I do, I'll have to let you know. I mean, uh, hopefully uh, – um, uh, Landon and I can uh, can stay hooked up here at the front row for a few more years. But uh, Landon's a good teammate. I got to uh, to work with Landon for the first time in 2017, and I didn't really know Landon that well. I'd seen him around the garage a lot, but um, but but he's a a cool guy. Again, he he's he's an entertainer, and I'm not. So we're we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum there, and uh, and so I've embraced that, and that's been pretty fun to uh, to kind of watch him do his thing and. Um, I'll have to, I'll let you know when I have a good jerk for a teammate and uh, give you some good dirt on them. Okay. I'm glad. So I actually don't know who the next interview is going to be with. Um, do you have a general question I could ask uh, a future driver? Mm, um, so after a race, uh, you, you typically go back to your, your hauler or, your motorhome and you change and and you you know you hit the road or go to your helicopter whatever you're doing to get back and uh what's the uh, the first thing you do on your phone like when you grab your phone what's the first thing you look at do you look at the rundown of the race do you look at your text messages your emails twitter like what's the first thing you look at whenever you you get to that phone and you know everybody does you know that's the, the first thing i look at is typically like my text messages like anybody texts me during the race or you know if my family's not here i'll kind of say hey i'm headed to the airport and then um if it's football season i'll immediately look at uh the football scores on a sunday afternoon so to see what other drivers well, what's the first thing they look at that's really interesting. That may I may have to steal that for next year's twelve questions if it comes back. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I would uh, give you uh, clearance to do that, and you don't have to give me any royalties. Wow. Okay. Very generous of you. Well, thanks for joining us. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. So there you have it. Fun question for the next guy. I really might steal that for next year's questions. Um, there's some good questions the drivers come up with, like Dale Jr.'s question from earlier this year about who has the most punchable face in NASCAR. Um, that's, that's really something I might consider putting on the 12 questions next season. So, uh, we'll have to just see, see how it works out in the meantime. Hope you enjoyed David's, uh, overall answers. And tomorrow I think there's another really good podcast with Tommy Joe Martins. Now, Tommy Joe Martins is sort of the ultimate underdog type situation in NASCAR. He talks about his perspective from the other side of the garage the non-glamorous side, I guess you could say. Um, You know, it's easy to forget sometimes that NASCAR, while a professional sport, has the stars and the big teams and the rich teams and then guys who are just really struggling to make it to the track every week. And um, Tommy Joe really 
um, through his blog last year and his Twitter account now, um, I think has a very, very unique perspective. So that is the social spotlight for tomorrow, and I hope you take some time and listen to that one. In the meantime, I am in Portland, Oregon at home, and I am getting ready to go on a 10-day trip to Pocono and Watkins Glen. I'm going to stay out in between and save a little money there by not coming back. I'm going to stay with my aunt. And so it'll be cheap during the week there, and I'll save 500 bucks on an extra plane flight and get to go to two races. So that's a pretty good deal. And, of course, if you're looking for a good deal, you could always go to Amazon.com, as I have been doing a lot recently, thanks to all the patrons who have been using my link, jeffgluck.com slash Amazon. Now, if you use that link and you start your shopping there, that basically takes you to the Amazon homepage then Amazon gives a commission for you going there through my link, and then I can buy stuff like toilet paper and paper towels and not have to spend actual money on that. We just got a shipment of laundry detergent uh, last week, so uh, that actually really does save me a lot of money, and in this year where I'm trying to stretch all the dollars to get to as many races as I can, that does help, and it is no, of no cost to you at all. So again, jeffgluck.com Amazon. Um, whether you're a patron or not, uh, that would be helpful to start your shopping with that link. So that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the untitled Jeff Gluck podcast.